Hello, Kubernetes community, and welcome to uh, Pod PodCTL podcast. This is one of our basics episodes. Uh, what we like to do for these is kind of take some aspect of the um, of the ecosystem around containers and Kubernetes and kind of dig into it a little bit from like a beginner kind of perspective if you're not familiar with it. And uh, today we are taking on con containers on Windows and Windows containers for Kubernetes. Yeah, so this will be this will be good. We get this question a lot. Uh, we haven't done a basic show in a while, so if you're new to the space, uh, we've done three or four of these in the past. So maybe go back and look. They're all just titled Pod CTL Basic. Um, but yeah, this is a a question that I think comes up all the time, just because most companies have a, a mix of uh, of Linux and and Windows servers and applications. So uh, this will be a good one to go through from a basic perspective, trying to answer some basic questions for people. Yeah, yeah, I think um, you know the Linux you know container space is. is little obviously a little more well understood and, and it's more of a new thing to to windows so uh we definitely get a lot because there's still a lot of you know obviously a lot of people running net and other windows app sharepoint and sql server and stuff uh, and a lot of enterprises and that and we get a lot of questions about this so i think i think it makes a lot of sense to uh to dig into it yep yep um yeah, and I think so. Why don't we why don't we start at the beginning? I think there's a little bit of a background that's useful for people, sort of the the history of containers and and Windows, um, because the thing that we we get a lot is people just they obviously you know containers were originally very Linux centric, and then there was some announcements um, from various companies and, and various parts of like the Docker community, Kubernetes community of like, okay, Windows is coming. And I think people just immediately thought this was going to be like, you know, just an immediate thing, kind of like you could buy PowerPoint for your Mac at some point, which was like a big deal. So why don't we just start with the real basics of the history of containers in Linux? Um, yeah. So, so with with Linux, right? They, that was it's a collection of processes within the the capabilities of the operating system of, in the kernel, C groups, namespaces, things like that, and got got kind of um, stitched together um, by things like uh, LXC. Uh, initially, and then you know, obviously, more recently, Docker, um, and you know, there's there's similar concepts in other um, operating systems. The difference is uh, with Linux, the container isn't a first class citizen, if you will. So there's no thing in in Linux called the container. It's it's an assemble of those pieces. Uh, whereas, like say the opposite, like Solaris has a concept called zones, which it is a a, a first class thing inside the operating system. So Windows, uh, when you get to Windows. Um, it, it's kind of transitioned in a uh, in that manner to, to hit both of those. So uh, if you go if you go back a if you go back a number of years, I forget when it first. I believe it was to double check my uh, internet wayback machine. I believe it was Iron Foundry. There was a uh, a Cloud Foundry um, uh, distribution spinoff that that basically said, well, well, what's the pieces that we use in Linux, like C groups and namespaces, which of those exist in the Windows kernel, and can we sort of um, build containers using that? So they created a thing called IronFrame um, for their platform to be able to run uh, Cloud Foundry on, on, on Windows hosts. Right, right. Yeah, th th so I think that the two big things for people to take away from this is you know, Windows itself, the the operating system never had the same sort of uh, process isolation that that Linux did. So, you know, what Windows containers is is having to do in the Windows server spaces is, is kind of build those from scratch. Um, and then the other thing is, some people will say, "Well, hang on a second, you're you're talking about this thing now kind of becoming available." You know, what about this stuff that's happened in the past? And I, I think the simplest way to think about that was 
those things that that existed in the past where you had sort of a a PaaS that did .NET applications or um, you know some early instantiations of here's a, a .NET app running in a container. Those were in essence sort of like kind of shims that were you know kind of a layer, a thin layer that was built above and beyond what was native in the Windows Server. Um, to kind of do that isolation. So what we're talking about more now as we talk about Windows, Windows containers is kind of native functionality in the in the Windows Server OS, if you will. Yeah, the you know, I mean, Linux coming more from yeah, obviously copying from sort of the the Unix background of like, hey, you would have a big Unix server with running a lot of stuff on it, so you want to make sure those all that stuff behaves well. Uh, and Windows, uh, you know, quickly developed in you know after that where it didn't have that mindset because you know then things like virtualization and server sprawl and stuff. It was hey, one one application per Windows server kind of took off. So so those things were weren't super developed those isolation components. Uh, where that changed though is uh, Microsoft added um, a native you know first class citizen to Windows Server 2016 called Windows Container. So basically a kernel API you can say to the kernel give me a container um, and then it goes and uses those underlying things to build it. So so the plus side is hey this is native to the 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 kernel it's a first class citizen. Um, kind of the flip side different from Linux is it's it's it works one way right you you ask for it you get it and, and that's how it is whereas you know linux containers because they're um you know kind of assembled on the fly they're a lot more flexible to do really interesting stuff and that's where you see you know like people like jesse frizzell do kind of crazy stuff in containers and linux because there's a lot of flexibility whereas windows it's much more straightforward of here's what you get here's how it works um so th- so there's some limitations there right well the other, and the other big limitation and uh, limitation but just sort of awareness for people is um you know again the the sort of linux or the the windows containers the thing that's actually called windows containers really only becomes uh real in in windows 16 uh, windows server 2016 and then there's like a, a branch of that i think it's like 1709 or something like that but just kind of be aware um you know, there, there's sort of this immediate thing where people say, well, you know, our company or our customer has lots of uh, .NET applications or Windows applications. Like question number one you should be saying is, okay, how many of those, how many of your servers are Windows Server 2016 or how many of them run on Windows 2016? Because that's kind of the immediate initial starting point. And then you can start figuring out, will this actually work? Yeah, I think that's something that, you know, kind of, again, where difference with Linux containers is um, I can vary the OS in the container um, to some degree, right, with uh, as long as it's, you know, uh, Linux kernel ABI compatible kind of um, that I can say be running. I'm running Debian Jesse in my container, even though it's running on a Fedora host or, or whatever. Um, so so it makes it a lot easier for those types of lift and shift Linux use cases where you say, like, hey, I have these servers running this version. I kind of want I'm, I'm fine with that version like that software works with that version. So I'm going to pull that stuff into the container and, and go that route. Whereas Windows, it, it has to run. There's no different differentiating versions. You're getting the isolation of containers, but you're not getting the um, the, uh, you know, the the versioning stuff. So you can't pick up your 2012 app and just drop it right into a 2016 container. Right, right. That's the <clears throat> that's the other really big thing is is I think there's also this expectation that um, any .NET app, no matter when it was written, whether it was written two months ago or 10 years ago or something like that, are all just going to move exactly uh, into a, into a Windows container. I think there's people are going to need to spend a little bit of time looking at the compatibility matrix of you know what does Windows Server 2016 support in terms of the .NET version that I have, and then figure out okay from those things that match that 
that cross section of that uh, that support matrix, then you can start going. Okay, does it make sense to put those in a container and run them in a container? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so I think you know, those are kind of the basic things to know, right? So uh, number one, um, you know, newer technology because it, it has to be embedded in Windows. Uh, number two, you know, start with Server 2016, and then number three is you know see what versions of .NET uh, will run in 2016 that uh, you may want to support. Um, now there's there's some other stuff about something called .NET Core, which is the the .NET that also runs on Linux uh, that we maybe we'll get into in a later. A later episode, but but those are the three basic things um, to keep in mind. Now, I think the second thing we should talk about, Tyler, is sort of let, let's talk about Windows containers and Kubernetes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, that's the, one of the, <laughs> the first questions. Like, once you understand the the Windows containers, okay, cool. Like, well, I'm, I want to do that because I want a Kubernetes cluster doing that. Right. Uh, so there's so it there's it's still as of uh you know we're in one dot one dot ten just came out if you listen to our our last episode uh there is windows support in there um it's still in it still hasn't reached stable it's still in beta uh but that capability is there right um yeah so so the things to keep in mind is there will be a uh, a cubelet that runs native on windows server um so you we can expect that out of the out of the kubernetes community um I, I think it's still a little bit to be determined where that will come from. Does it come directly from Microsoft? Do you get it from the upstream? Or, you know, is there going to be possibilities that some other vendor slash SI will will distribute that kubelet? But um, you'll need that. And then, uh, like you said, um, you're going to need at least a version of, of Kubernetes, either, you know, 1.9 or 1.10, depending on whether you want alpha, beta, or stable, or 1.11. Um, that's where you're going to get the, the support for Windows hosts, um, you know, from the, from the masters and uh, <clears throat> from etcd and so forth. Yeah, so as you mentioned earlier, you need a specific uh, 2016 server version, uh, 1709 or later, uh, and you also have specific Docker versions too, Docker for Windows, right? Um, for those server nodes. Uh, and the other thing that's interesting is, like you mentioned, the Kubelet and you know, Kube Proxy, that type of stuff. There's the Go, you know, Go Windows binaries. Um, there aren't for the control plane, the masters and stuff. So all the masters and infrastructure nodes are still Linux. Right, right. Yeah, I was going to bring that up as well because uh, I know this uh, week, week and a half ago or so, um, Microsoft announced some plans in Windows Server 2019 to support Kubernetes. And I think people are starting to say, oh, okay, maybe maybe then someday, um, you know, the masters could run on a Windows server. But, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, a 2019 uh, server build release, which might mean that it actually comes out in 2019. Um, so for those of you that are thinking that you will be able to do this entirely with your Windows skills, um, you're going to probably for the near term, for the next at least some number of years, going to need some basic Linux, Linux skills to be able to do this as well. So, uh, you know, go out, you know, take those courses, lots of free stuff out there. Definitely uh, go go bone up on, on your Linux skills to be able to, to administer this. Yeah, and there's you. There's specific, for example, if you figure networking, because if you have Linux masters and Windows uh, worker nodes, um, you're going to need, you know, obviously them to talk to each other networking-wise. So some there's specific CNI plugins that are supported uh, in this configuration. Uh, so that all that stuff's documented in the in the, in the Kubernetes doc. Uh, but it's you know some of those things are you have to keep in mind too. You can't just pick any CNI you want and, and all those types of things. Right. So, well, I think we're going to kind of wrap it up for this basic show. We try and keep these around 10, 11 minutes or so, but I think the big walkaways for people, um, you know, uh, what, what version of my server is running has got to be 2016. Um, understand that this is still a new technology for windows, but it's, it's evolving and that's, that's very good. Um, make sure you understand what version of .NET your applications run and will they be compatible with 2016 
And then you can expect to see this summertime, uh, you know, the cubelet coming out of Kubernetes community uh, from some somewhere, uh, you know, where you'll where you'll get it as a distribution uh, will be multiple places. And just, you know, in general, kind of temper your excitement about this, not that it's not coming and, and not exciting, but just sort of temper your excitement because um, the technology that, that's officially supported by Microsoft and the Kubernetes community is still very, very new. There's some earlier stuff, but the stuff that's officially supported by Microsoft and the Kubernetes community, uh, you know, is essentially coming out of beta this summer. Uh, and, uh, you know, th- there's going to be some dependencies. So, um, Tyler, anything else you want to wrap up with? No, no, I, I would just say anytime you have these types of, uh, you know, kind of changes, you know, architecture changes, platform differences, you know, there's a, like you said, that native kind of your normal thought process is like, well, I know how Kubernetes works and I'm like, okay, Kubernetes windows. So that means all the things I know about Kubernetes does it on windows. And it's like, no, no, that's, don't assume, uh, I guess would be the best way yeah, to trust, put it with, with trust any but of these verify. <laughs> Yep. Uh, and the documentation is is pretty well up to date on the and and we have some links in the show notes to to kind of check out more details on these. Yeah, so we will uh, we will continue. You know, we we had a great show with with Gabe Monroy from Microsoft. Obviously, you heard how excited they are about this stuff. So we'll we'll keep updating uh, the Windows side of things as well as we we typically always do with Linux all the time. But uh, folks, with that, I'm gonna wrap up another basics show. Hope you enjoy it. Um, if you've got comments or questions on how to make the show better or topics or guests, we'd love to hear from you. So with that, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next week.